For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. It's Thanksgiving weekend, and we all have so much to be grateful for. With our blessings top of mind, let's talk about defending them. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I am normally on the weekend, so this is not my normal time. You may not have heard my show before, And if you haven't, let me just tell you, I am a hardcore libertarian. So a lot of people call themselves libertarians. I'm an anarcho-capitalist. So you've probably never even heard of that, but I have lost all faith in the the idea of a self-limiting government. But I don't think there's any uh, alternative for the very near future. So I spend my time thinking about, talking about, and trying to defend the Bill of Rights, which I think is our only hope in at least keeping uh, some restraint on this, what's supposed to be a self-limiting government, but is actually a government that is limited by our exercising our rights, specifically and most importantly, the rights that appear in the Bill of Rights. So I spend my shows generally ranting, I mean... I have to be honest about what I consider to be the traitors in Washington, the the machine, whether it's Republican or Democrat. I actually think it's the same machine, but I really just bring to the table every single week the things I think they are doing, colluding on even to take away these rights. So when Thanksgiving rolls around I really have to stop and be honest with myself about how grateful I am, how fortunate I am, how fortunate we all are, really, when you think about the perspective of their having lived, it's estimated, 125 billion people on Earth since the beginning of humanity. I have no idea if that's the right number or not, but it's a lot of people. And I am I'm grateful just that I'm one of the 1% of the 1% of the 1% who has uh, carpeting, (laughs) you know, (laughs) who doesn't have uh, lice, you know, or critters. It's just when you think about what the human condition really is and how far we've come and then take it to the next level where we actually have joy and peace and can uh, uh, have just pure pleasure and luxury, but also genuine joy and contentment in the people we're with, in the comfort of our own homes. And I love how Thanksgiving brings home that really important priority. So there's two issues, though, that this arises. Why is most of the time I'm spending getting super aggravated? I seem like I'm ungrateful. I seem like I'm not contented. But I really think it's that these things I'm grateful for, much of the really modern prosperity is a function of freedom, of liberty, and of justice, of just rewards, of consequences, and, uh, and the ability to earn. 
And I want to defend it. I feel like libertarians have a, a really acute sense of hungering and thirsting for justice sake. We talk about liberty, but really it's justice. Justice and liberty are flip sides of the same coin, in my opinion. So I seem maybe ungrateful, disgruntled, but really all I think I'm doing, because I've just reflected on this over the last day or two, what I'm really doing, I feel like, and libertarians and most of the people I interact with on this show from calls or emails or whatever, feel the same way. We're just fighting for this that we want to preserve, that we truly, truly value. It's, it's, an, it's, a, it's a, an exercise of hope, not despair. If it was despair, we would not continue to show up at the table. But then the other thing that I think about uh, when I think about that joy of Thanksgiving and sharing the what I I love the indulgence I love the party but I really love being aware that I I have we had a really tough year in my family this year we had a lot of losses and I and I just feel so much more grateful than I ever realized I I should be and am about the people I do have who I can count on, who love me back, who if I were ever in a position of real need, I could count on them and vice versa. Really appreciate that. And I love this opportunity that we spend together. But the the well, I, I think Thanksgiving kind of jumped the shark in this way, really took a turn for the worse when Black Friday, which is the day after Thanksgiving, where everybody goes out shopping for the sales, when that started encroaching on Thanksgiving itself, people started going shopping on the evening of Thanksgiving. And I I don't shop for amusement, but I totally get sucked in. I mean, I buy stuff at Amazon without even thinking about it. Like it just, it's a thought in my head, then it goes through my fingers, into my phone, and it's on my doorstep. It's the craziest thing. So I'm guilty of it. But I feel like when the materialism starts encroaching on your real values, it's what my father always taught me was, uh, an infraction against the first commandment that that you can have material pleasures and all that, but if it starts interfering with your responsibilities and your priorities, it's like a false god. I'm not super religious. I don't know. I mean, I'm practicing Catholic, but I'm not trying to, you know, teach you the Bible. I'm just saying, for me, I feel like this is an example of that, and it worries me some. So this, these are my impressions for Thanksgiving. I do want to have a light show and have some fun. I've got, uh, I'd love to hear from you if you want to share with me and maybe we go a little bit deeper than the what I'm thankful for as a general thing and what what you're really thankful for and grateful for and think is worth defending, that we want to keep it in our minds going forward the next year, let's just say, of this is something we got to be aware of. Like, I think the Fifth Amendment is under attack actively. I think that's something I'm grateful for. Due process of law, real justice keeps you out of jail for... Uh, you know, he can't be targeted for political purposes. This is something that's worth defending. So on Thanksgiving, I'm thankful for the Fifth Amendment. <laughs> that's my contribution. And I want to know if you want to add to that, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I have my trusty producer, Binkley, here. Uh, how about some tweets from the uh, the tweets who feel uh, want, want to tell us what they are thankful for? All right, I got a tweet from JJ who says, I'm thankful for all of the wonderful people in the world, despite the best efforts of the cacistocracy. <laughs> That's JJ is a native Georgian who now lives in England. He joined the service, fell in love, and and he listens to the show. But he's an expat, uh, so he's throwing big words out there. That's a big one. 
I did double check. It's actually in my glossary, but I double checked it uh, because I had seen that he sent that tweet out earlier. Maybe been on Thanksgiving. Practicing that for an hour, saying that word. Oh, really? Is that you think that's the right? I think that's the right way to pronounce it. <laughs> it means um, the the rule of the by the worst. So, like instead of the cream rising to the top, the I guess the uh, whatever <laughs> garbage <Yeah>. rises to the top. <laughs> so. Uh, Yes, I appreciate that, JJ. Lovely guy. And I do, I, I agree with that. I think that we, we have to recognize these guys, the cacistocracy has an uphill battle because we still have some virtue. And I know, Binkley, I wanted to talk to you because you had, you and I think you're like my man on the street, my millennial on the ground. And I, I want to know, you. I know you went out and braved Thanksgiving shopping which is like kind of crazy to me but um so what do you have any impressions to share from your experience at the stores thanksgiving evening according to all the stores it's stuffed with savings everyone is stuffed with savings <laughs> oh, that's a, so instead of me like i was stuffed with stuffing yeah they are out there stuffed with yeah, savings. these people skipped the stuffing and went straight to the savings waiting in line all day on thanksgiving day so did they actually save anything or did they mostly spend stuff well, and then called it savings. The actual savings is only, there's like a few products and they cut off the supply. And really, I don't know how much they save. It's more about the competition. People just want to win Black Friday. They want to tell that heroic story of how they waited in line all night and they beat everyone else to get that cheap television set that fell apart two weeks later. That does drive me crazy that it falls apart. I remember getting little Barbie things for my daughter at Christmas. And it, and my hope was that it would last till the end of Christmas, <laughs> like that day. But yeah, I wonder if, I, I wonder kind of if people go out and absolutely have to get to the Black Friday sales, because if they don't, they really can't afford to do Christmas right. That that the Black Friday sales are such a tremendous savings that they that the people really have to do it. Or they're they're just gonna have a miserable not be able to put anything under the tree for their kids. Do you feel like it's that kind of they don't want to do it? Absolutely not. I oh. think people that are like that see right through the scams when they walk in the store and buy nothing. I think the people there they just want to win Black Friday. Best Buy didn't even advertise products in most of its commercials. They advertised the experience of waiting in line all night. The tradition that is strange. Like that has become a tradition. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I mean, I can't get my mind around that. It makes me sad. The new dinner table is going to be tailgating in Best Buy's parking lot all day on Thanksgiving. Uh, say that again? The new dinner table is no longer going to be in the house. It's going to be tailgating in the Best oh, Buy Oh, yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's interesting. That would totally dovetail with the whole sports taking over the holidays as well. Yeah. Funny. Well, I've got to take a break. I've got my phones are lit up, so I guess people are thankful for stuff. Um, I want to hear about that. Give me a call, 404-872-0750 or 800-WSP-TALK. And I want to hear more also from Binkley at the bottom of the hour about what are these these super hot items that people are willing to sacrifice their Thanksgiving for. I, I have a feeling that uh, they're going to probably not be my cup of tea either. So let's see if, he's, if he can... Uh, if he can shock me with some of the strange things people are bringing home to their families. 800-WSB-TALK, this is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Wow, that was intense. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB.
I am back on uh, Black Friday. We are taking calls, what you're thankful for, and what it's what is worth defending. I am talking to Jack in Ackworth. Hi, Jack. You're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. Very glad to talk to you. Um, this idea of Thanksgiving being turned into a financial issue rather than a family issue bothers the living dickens out of me. Um, I, I find that this is a time for family to gather together, and yet it's turned into a financial issue, and you could save money if you just disregard family. Well, you can do all kinds of, of you know, looking for deals and so on if you want to pay attention to it, but if you really just want to get away from family, you just call on Black Friday. This is my chance. I I listen to the local consumer advocate. There are deals to be found. But, you know, you spend the time with family because this is when we've got time to spend with family. Yes, and it used to be that Thanksgiving was the one thing I felt like it was just about what what could you do to it? It was about having dinner with your family. It was great. It wasn't about trick-or-treating. It wasn't about opening presents. It wasn't even about getting a basket full of candy. It was about... Being with your family and being grateful with humility uh, and joy, and somehow they made it the launch of the season of materialism. And bada-bing, there we've got it. And it's been turned into something else. And money, I, I, I'm not you know, preaching you know, scripture, but if money is, is, if the love of money is the root of all evil, we've just seen it. Because I actually... It's been denigrated. I've actually thought, first of all, I want to say that you are pointing out that they've, they actually swap it out for, from your family. Like if you were into occultism or looking into the truly sinister nature of some of these social engineering projects, if that's what it is, you could think this is quite sinister, that, that, that it's actually targeted because of the good, wholesome, uh, family bonding thing, uh, but I and also about the love of money being the root of all evil. I actually take it one step further. I almost wonder if actually money itself is the root of all evil. In that it's and this again, if you haven't heard my show, I'm going right down the rabbit hole right now. That the that money itself, the financial system, the world financial system, is the way for them to uh, control us and like dehumanize us. So it's like money itself is even is is I'm starting to wonder about. So, uh, counterpoint, money is like tools in a toolbox. Yeah. You want a big, you want a t- yeah. big toolbox, you want plenty of tools. So, more money is not the problem. Yeah. It's one's approach to, you know, whether or not money makes you a better person. You're Nobody right. But I, and I, I do have to hit through a break soon. I was an investment banker. I'm a libertarian. I get that. And my mother always tells me, free will, free will. You can't blame the tools. You can't, you know, people kill people. Guns don't count. I know that. I 100% believe that. 100%. But I just, the money thing, it's getting just too much, too much. But we're going to keep talking about it, the latest objects Binkley's going to tell us about. Right after the break, you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB. This is not my normal time, so you might not have heard me before. But uh, they, I, I like to tell people, 
what libertarianism is. I had a call during the break from Ron saying, just tell people what libertarianism is. And uh, so let me just tell you real quick, and I've got calls coming up. If you want to call, tell me what you're thankful for, what's worth defending that you are grateful for. I'm picking the Fifth Amendment. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. I would say just in a nutshell, if you don't know what libertarianism is, as opposed to being a Democrat or Republican, a conservative or a liberal, really there's a few ways of looking at the very basic tenet. Like the law, according to Murray Rothbard, would be just one law, don't touch me or my stuff. And that's the only way to break the laws if you touch somebody or their stuff. And the only reason you go to court is to figure out if somebody touched you or your stuff. Another uh, common way of defining it is the non-aggression principle. That means you cannot initiate violence against somebody unless they have attacked you or just about to attack you. That, that you're not allowed to use aggression, use force for any reason except for strict self-defense. What I like to do, how I like to explain it to my kids is, I say, always think about thou shalt not steal and thou shalt not kill and apply that to your agents in government. Supposedly, we consent to this government. If they are stealing or killing in a way, taking something or hurting people in a way you don't understand how to justify, like if you were going to stand before St. Peter and have to justify it, if you aren't positive they're right, then you have to object to it. You have to withdraw your consent from what they're doing. And, uh, and, and it applies to your agents in government just as it applies to yourself. To me, that all is like the same thing. Don't touch me or my stuff. Not allowed to steal or kill. Can't use aggression. That the law is there as an extension of your own right to, uh, to the, the, yourself and your property not to be molested. And that's it. And I'm always, always happy to take calls and questions about libertarianism. Uh, but we were talking not only about Thanksgiving. I have a couple of calls. Dean, Alan, hang on a sec. Uh, I do want to talk about um, Thanksgiving and what we're grateful for. But one thing that kind of irks me about Thanksgiving is how the materialism that has hijacked the Christmas season has now actually started to encroach on Thanksgiving itself. My trusty producer Binkley was out on the street Thanksgiving evening in the stores uh, braving the crowds, trying to get a bead on what, what's the underlying psychology of it. Is it really just that people are so desperate for bargains because they just don't have enough money to buy it, pay full price? He says no. But I also want to know from him, what are the hot items? Is Are we talking Cabbage Patch dolls or what's what's going on, Binkley? There are a number of hot items. One in particular that I noticed is the Google Home Mini, which is a smart a, a smart speaker and assistant, kind of like the Alexia. It's one of its competitors. And this is one of the top items that's being pushed and that people are uh, trying to get. What most people don't realize is that this product, Google recently admitted that the product had secretly recorded thousands of a user's conversations and sent that pro- and sent that data to Google services online for anybody who hacked it to uh, have access to. So do you think they did that on purpose? Like, what do you think is the, uh, is it just a weakness? Like for when I hear stuff like that, I think what they're really doing is making it easy for somebody who wants that data to get it. 
And I always sus- suspect with super big tech, the real big tech, the founders, if you trace it back, you can almost always, or I, I, I might actually say always, find that those guys were somehow supported by uh, the Department of Defense or research grants to their university from the government or part of like some kind of incubator where they've all kind of plugged in their different modules to a government-coordinated affair. And then, so I just take that leap and say, okay, these guys are all in bed with the government. That's why they dominate the field. And when they do stuff like that, I don't think it's like, uh, an accident, you know. I think those back doors are there for a reason. I mean, do you think? Do you are you as down that that rabbit hole as I am? I, I think it's absolutely possible. I also think that this smart software stuff—it's so vulnerable. It's not ever going to be hack proof, and they advertise it like it's going to be safer and better. But if everything's online on the cloud, then everything's hackable, in my opinion. Well, I would say I would even go further than that and say. That if so, you hear on the one hand, you hear the government constantly saying we can't have stuff that can't be hacked, you yeah. know, or you know, vote for me, I'll make sure your stuff doesn't get hacked. <laughs> it's like, you know what, John McAfee, I don't, I don't, he's got a funny and colorful story and he popped up in politics. He actually ran for president as a libertarian recently. Uh, he did that antivirus software, and and so the virus problem was not. Uh, was not fixed by the government, it was fixed by a private guy. And the same thing could happen with the encryption hacking issues, except for the government won't allow the encryption. So there's no, you're never going to be able to protect against hacking, even if it were possible. So this is just, to me, a dialectic, right. a game. And they want playing. us to put everything online so they right. can be hacked. But that's the thing. Not, so so nobody, nobody suggests don't put everything online as an answer. Well, I can't solve <laughs> yeah. the encryption, the hacking thing. Why don't we just forget this whole cyber thing and go to work, you know, go to actual meet space and do stuff and talk to each other. They never, ever consider the possibility of living without it, which I know, uh, being I'm going to ask you one more thing real quick, and then I'm going to go to some calls. Uh, that you, that this uh, being plugged into the matrix, which scares me on behalf of my children's generation, that 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 it's even worse than I think. That that they really you're ne- not even going to have the option of you know what I've had it with this digital stuff. I feel vulnerable. I don't want to put all my information up there. He, you think that's not even going to be not only not going to be able to be be able to function economically without it. You think that kids aren't even going to be able to function without it, right? Yeah, they were selling augmented reality products, advertising these strange products to kids in every store I went to. And I read some studies on this. Basically, children haven't developed the brain yet to where they can tell reality from what's not reality. They haven't fully developed that function yet. There's a term for it, which slips my mind right now. But by Truth dar. Yeah, truth dar. <laughs> That's what I invented. By targeting them with this augmented reality stuff, they're going to adapt themselves to a completely separate reality physically and mentally than the one we presently live in they'll be dependent on it yeah and i actually if you if you talk to people who aren't clear thinking when it comes to that the subjectivism is so ingrained in their minds that they can't understand the argument that it's just not true i always thought of this with the fed with uh Ben Bernanke and his helicopter money, like the way the Fed deals with the money system. The argument is always a reference to the theory 
that they're using and it's never about what would really happen. They're like, well, he's doing the right thing because that's what the textbook says. I mean, he's just doing the textbook thing. It's like, yeah, but the yeah. textbook could be wrong. Like some guy just like him wrote the textbook and I try to argue with my kids sometimes like that. I'm like, it's just, yeah. it's just, it's set. I know you saw it on TV, but I'm telling you that's not true. And they can't, they don't, sometimes can't even understand how that's possible. They just don't even understand what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying if you showed up at the place, you might not see what they're telling you you would see. Yeah. Yeah, we deference the things we see on TV as an authority figure. But but the idea of an objective truth isn't even something that's in there at a certain, at some, at different developmental stages, I don't even see them. I, right, I feel like yeah. I've developed that critical thinking ability. The older I got, the more like things would just be like oh i get it now that's ridiculous that can't be true yeah but that's not like when i watched planet of the apes it was a, a monkey that talked like a person i was like obviously that's not real <laughs> but if it was a person talking like a person you know that was drawn and i then i i'm not i don't i would have to actually analyze what's coming out of his mouth and saying that doesn't sound right to me yeah. which is something i feel like you have to develop over time i worry for the kids on that so anyway let's uh that we got pretty deep. I thought we were going to talk about Cabbage Patch Kids, and here we're talking about augmented <laughs> reality. I'm going to Dean in Gainesville. Hi, Dean. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Uh, I uh, apologize for having nothing profound for you today, but you said let's keep it light, right? Yeah, yeah. I love I'm, it. Uh, hey, I'm thankful for you, Monica. I'm thankful you got this slot today. I think we need more people exposed to the opening of the rabbit hole. Oh, Dean, well, thank you. Well, I'm so well, glad. I want well, to add tell, some value. When I tell people to listen to your show, I say, this is where the conspiracy crowd meets common sense. Thank hey. you. The, yeah, the the conspiracies. See, I have a lot of credentials, a lot of like mainstream credentials. I went to Ivy League schools and everything. And it really gives people pause. Actually, thank you so much for the call, Dean. That That's a perfect opportunity for me to say I was... Uh, a doctor, really erudite kind of doctor, was talking to me recently, and, and he just was scratching his head. He was like, I don't understand how you can believe this stuff. And I'm like, there's real resources. So two resources I recommended to him. One is Tragedy and Hope by Carol Quigley, who was Clinton's mentor, who tells us about these high cabals or whatever, as Winston Churchill called them. But there's another book nobody ever talks about called Foundations, Their Influence and Power by Renee Wormser, who was the chief counsel on the Reese Commission for Congress talking about how these foundations were using tax-exempt money for political purposes, and they were all extremely biased towards collectivism which is really against the American way. So thanks for the launching point, Dean. I'm going to write a post about like different gateways for people to understand that the conspiracy stuff is well-founded, well-documented, and for sure true. <laughs> so thank you very much for that. I'm going to give Alan the last word for this segment, but we've got, uh, we're on until 6.30, so keep listening. Alan, what you got? Well, in the way something uh, has evolved over the years, I remember my mom telling me that, and my granddad got paid, he got paid his bonus like a week before Christmas, and then they go Christmas shopping. I remember in the 60s, my dad would get his bonus check a week, maybe two I weeks can hardly Christmas. hear you, Alan. Oh, sorry. Uh, you I, said your dad got paid his bonus the week before Christmas, and that's when they went Christmas week, shopping. To go Christmas shopping. Then after that, then credit cards came around. And yeah. people did not have to wait until they got cash or money to go buy the presents. Then as it's evolved, you know, if you got money on your credit card, I have friends. They were actually charge cards back then. You had to right. pay them at the end of the month. Uh-huh. And then nowadays, I have friends that 
pay off the credit cards just waiting for Black Friday so they can run their credit cards back up. You know, it, it's, it's just the way we use money. I mean, another 20 years, I don't believe that cash is actually going to be around anymore and everything will be paid by credit card online, you know. And, Which is and a function it, of the surveillance state. And nothing, right. and it and, also creates hyper consumerism because you don't make that connection between the cash you have left in your wallet and how much you can spend. Then we have the TV that is bombarding us with commercials and advertisements. And, and the TVs of the future have cameras in them. So not so while you're being bombarded with the BS information in your face, you are uh, getting you're delivering images that are being uploaded. Who knows where? More after the break. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. It's a man house! A man house! On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB. Uh, this is not my normal time, so you might not have heard it before the show. I do try to address the stories, the most important topics of the week from a libertarian perspective, which often throws me down a rabbit hole because once you stop defending the Republicans or defending the Democrats because of your fear of what if the other side took over, because you realize that they're both hijacking the Constitution for some benefit other than yours— then uh, then you can see how sinister it all really is. But if you want to hear some of my back shows, we, uh, my producer and I post it, and we also do podcasts. So, Binkley, why don't you tell people about that? And also, I want to hear a little bit more about this augmented reality that's kind of hitting the, the, sh- hitting the shelves. I mean, how do, you, how do you buy yourself some augmented reality for Christmas? I know you're, you're going to be my eyes and ears this, this Christmas season. All right, well, first go to PropagandaReportDaily.com, and on the right side, you'll see the icons where you can subscribe to the podcast. The augmented reality, it, what, what it is is basically they take – you get an app on your phone, and it, it you can hold it up, and it overlays a digital reality onto the real-world environment that you're in. And some of the things that you can do with these is – like, you can arrange furniture in your room without having to buy it, but you can also do very realistic, immersive war games with children and stuff like oh, that, like Ender's bad. Game, you know? Is this that thing that I saw, it was like a Stanford project where they showed pictures? Is it the same technology where they showed pictures like Putin and Bush and they could actually have their mouths saying stuff they weren't actually saying? I don't know if it's the same tech as that, but it's they can do similar things. Yeah, like so it's it, like where it just makes it look like something's happening that is not happening. Exactly. They can, if, as long as you get the pictures inside of the technology, then what you can do with some of the apps is you can put any other person or anything in the environment with you and make it look like it's absolutely authentic. Well, that really can let your imagination go wild with the dangers of that. I mean, what could possibly go wrong, right? But uh, there's uh, one thing I want to talk about at the top of the hour, something in the news. It's a little bit off topic, but it totally validates uh, something down the rabbit hole that people wondered about, didn't think it was even possibly true. Uh, and it refers to probably our best show ever. If you want to, <laughs> that was maybe not very clear, but stay tuned for that. And you can tweet at me at Monica Parisha. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.